welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Stop battling with storage bags filled with either too much or too little milk. The Milky's Milk Trays freeze your milk into one ounce sticks. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give any of them your business because the sponsors make this podcast possible. And while you are there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. I'm caught off guard here. I have it. It is from our iTunes. So thank you so much for putting this on iTunes. Great support. Thanks so much for providing information and inspiration for breastfeeding. Lots of great topics and info to delve into. I especially enjoyed learning about all the links breastfeeding has to other parts of baby's development. Wish I had come across this podcast before I gave birth. My son was about three months when I started listening and we're still going strong. So thank you so much. I honestly, I think it's so interesting how breastfeeding connects to all the other things too. Like that's one of the things that really um, kind of drew me into everything was the more I learned about it, I was like, oh my gosh, and then there's this, and then there's it. Like there's just so much that isn't food related. And I know we just not too long ago did an episode on that, but it really is amazing. It how is. Breastfeeding it's like just the foundation of a baby's life. Yeah. And I find like when I'm trying to explain that to people who have no idea about it, like when I'm doing a breastfeeding class and I've got, you know, parents that are, you know, a month away from having their baby and they're just kind of like have these blank looks on their faces. And I'm like, it's so important for the baby to have this bond is what starts them on their foundation for the rest of their life. And they look at me like I'm insane. <laughs> but I mean, then after they have their baby, they get it, you know, but it's yeah. like, they people look at me and they're like, "What? What? Like, come on, lady, you're so over the top." But it really, it yeah, really we're is. so disconnected from that, from just how nature and you know how our relationships start and bonds and things like that. Yeah, it really, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It is very cool. So thank you so much for putting that on iTunes for us. We appreciate it so much. And you can do that too. You can send us a review for our review of the week if you want to. We would love it. Um, iTunes is a great place because it helps us a lot. You can also send us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com if you don't have the ability to put it on iTunes because we do get those too. And thank you. And uh, we're going to talk about, we're we've had a lot. I feel like a lot lately, people requesting an episode about babies in the NICU. And um, I know, I mean, that's kind of a specialized thing, you know, babies in the NICU. Mm -hmm. um, I never worked, I never worked in the NICU, obviously, but I do know people that did work in the NICU. We have a lot of nurses that listen that are NICU nurses, um, but I have worked with a lot of babies just coming out of the NICU. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about not even just NICU babies, but babies that are like in special care nurseries and talk about the difference there and, you know, babies that are separated from their parents and not breastfeeding in the beginning, because there is a lot of just trauma surrounding all of that yeah. too. Yeah, totally. Just, and yeah. trying to breastfeed through after all of that trauma 
and just dealing with the trauma in and of itself of just, mm-hmm. you just, you carried this baby for nine months, you gave birth to this baby, and then they took the baby. Yeah. And that, maybe for very good reason, obviously for good reason, you know, because everybody, right. they're trying to save everyone's life. Um, but we can't deny like the absolute trauma that comes from that. Right. I and mean, then how do you start yeah. breastfeeding after that? How do you, how do you main, how do you keep, how do you breastfeed after not seeing your baby for how long? I know. It is really, it is really hard. And I do have actually a good NICU story um, from a family that I saw this week. And she, this, this actually maybe is a good place to start with our conversation today. Now that I think about it, because it was, it was a great scenario where not great, but um, it, and it was a full term baby, you know, f- full term baby. Cause a lot of times we think NICU babies are early, right? We just, I don't know. For yeah. some reason, I automatically connect that. Like, oh, yeah, baby I always think like early. premature. Yeah. Yeah. Like preemie or something like that. And it wasn't, it was a 41 week. And I even said that it was a baby early because she had, um, she was reaching out to me via text and got my information from her doctor's office. And she was, you know, I said it was a baby early. And she said, no, he was actually a week overdue, but had shoulder dystocia. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, that is when the baby gets stuck. So like their shoulder gets stuck and and they're having trouble getting the baby out. And it was a very, very like unbelievably traumatic delivery that this mom had. And the baby was born and they had to like resuscitate him and suction him. And, you know, then he, he had the shoulder dystocia. So his arm wasn't, was a little floppy. So they, you know, he was in the NICU for like four days. He wasn't breathing well. So he was in the NICU, I think, for like a week, but she couldn't feed him for the first like four days. Like he just had, yeah. you know, just IVs for the first like couple of days and she couldn't feed him. So she texts me because now he's two weeks old, they're home and he's not breastfeeding well and not let really latching at all. And she's, and she's like, he's, you know, he's just used to the bottle at this point. And I was, and you know, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm not really big on Diane that. I does but not like that. I'm not, no, that's <laughs> not my favorite thing. So I was like, okay, well, did he latch in the NICU? And she said, no, not really. And I'm like, okay, so then that's not the problem. So he wasn't, you know, like before he was even eating, he wasn't like, oh, okay, I like this fast flow. You know, like babies don't yeah. think like they're too, they're, they're babies, right? Like he's not saying this meal I had at three o'clock was way faster. So why is this one pokey? Like this, it's not the baby, how babies think. So I was like, okay, so then that's not our problem. It's something else. But I mean, but I already knew like, okay, this is a Nikki baby. This is a baby with traumatized delivery. This is a baby who was separated from their mother for, you know, days who wasn't even allowed to try to latch. Like they couldn't even hold him because of the IVs. Like they couldn't even skin to skin, oh, nothing. Yeah. So like this, those babies usually do have, from what my experience, like a coordinated suck issue because they're just not, there's no connection with you yet. And there's, they're just like sucking to soothe themselves. There, there's no kind of feeding happening for them. So yeah. we really had to like start from scratch, but that, you know, that is a really, it is really hard, you know, then she's pumping because she was, you know, she was pumping to obviously 
get her supply because he needed milk, you know, once they started feeding him and he wasn't latching well, which is the case for a lot of babies that are separated from their parents at, at delivery. So now she's got this huge oversupply, you know, so it just, it turns into just this mess of issues that we're trying to fix. Um, and it can't be helped most of the time. Yeah, so really right. it's, it's more about like damage control, you know, like we have to just, okay, how can we best make these, you know, make these issues work for us? Um, but it really like, you know, and they were a week in the NICU. There's some families that are in their NICU. If they're, if it is a premature baby for, you know, weeks and then coming out of the NICU, trying to be okay with feeding your baby when your baby was sick is really traumatic. It's, yeah. it's, it's really not even just the feeding part, just like, okay, so I had nurses that if he stopped breathing, they were right there. Or I have, you know, if something happened and he was, you know, the baby had a apnea, then the machine would go off, you know, like, but you don't have that at home. So now you've taken the first several weeks of your baby's life and you've been monitored constantly. And then you go home and there's no monitoring. I mean, I, I can't, I, can't I mean, I was beside myself with a healthy baby. I mean, I was yeah. beside myself with anxiety and just all of that. I can't even imagine if going through all of that trauma, like on top of all of that, just like yeah. going through that and now you're just like home by yourself. Yeah. Trying oh to figure God. it out. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, you know, these babies really do struggle. So, and that's, that's the, like the NICU side of it. And that's more extreme, right? But so where I am, and I think it's, and obviously it's different everywhere, but the only experience that I have with it is we have um, four big hospitals, like right within my area that are, you know, big for deliveries. And one of them, two of them have NICUs, but one of them's like a really like big, like significant NICU. And like babies will come in from like all different parts of the state if there's no NICU, like near their other hospital for, for this NICU. And um, that's where you see a lot of the, you know, really traumatic, very sick, very premature babies. But the other hospitals do have what we call like a special care nursery where if there's jaundice or, um, and I know we, we've done an episode on jaundice in the past about, you know, I mean, those babies are usually separated from their mom from parents from like for like a day or two, you know, to go under lights and that can be handled in just a regular special care nursery. Or if there's, you know, their breathing is too fast or too slow and they need to monitor those things uh, and they might, you know, they're checking for infection and, you know, different things like that. That will happen, that can happen just in a regular special care nursery. So there's like, there's definitely, you know, different, um, different levels of how these special cares and NICUs operate. It just depends on the severity of what's happening, but it's not yeah. any more traumatic or any less traumatic. No, no. Either and, way. The, and the bottom line is that you're not breastfeeding. You're not getting, right. you're not, you're not breastfeeding and you're not getting that start up that everyone told you <laughs> to get, you know, when you're like, okay, so breastfeed as soon as you can after birth and yada, yada. And then skin it's skin not happening. And, yeah. yeah. It's none of that's happening. So how do you make it work? Because that baby might, you know, do they do they then struggle to latch? Uh, well, how's your milk supply? 
Right. And that is, yeah. And that is really hard. And one of the other things I want to say about this too, is that sometimes you have to really be a major advocate for what you want because Mm -hmm. you are, you are definitely in the minority for what's going on there. Right. And they, they know they've been doing this a long time. They know how to help your baby, but there are a lot of times where I have seen those nurseries, um, at least, I mean, I worked in a hospital setting and our special care nursery um, at the time when I worked there, they were, they were big on encouraging formula supplementation. They were very big on encouraging, go home, your baby's fine. We'll take care of everything. You know, when those, when those parents oh wanted God, to stay, um, they were very, you know, like it was, you, I've had some kids be like, they were really nice. They, you know, they took great care of my baby, but I really wanted, you know, I didn't want them to have formula. I didn't want them to have a pacifier. I didn't want them to have this or that. Sometimes you have to let go of some of that stuff just to get out of there. You know what I mean? And I don't even know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really hard. That must be like what, you know, what, what so many people go through is just like, I'm okay. I just need to get through this. Yeah. You know, we need to get through this. We need, I want them to just, I want them to be doing what they're used to doing. And I don't want to push, you know, I don't want to push too much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too much of a bother while they're taking care of my baby. Right. But you're also trying to connect with your baby and learn how to breastfeed your baby in an environment that is noisy and busy. Because those NICUs are, and, and special care nurseries are not, you're not, you don't really have like a private space in there, you know, like maybe they have a curtain that they can pull around or something like that, but it's not like the privacy of a room. Right. So it's noisy. There's people walking around. Um, you might not have a lactation consultant in there to help you. It, it's very, it is very overwhelming. Um, I've had parents tell me that they've brought colostrum that got thrown away Ugh. that, you know, they would get down there to the, they would get to the special care nursery to feed their baby. And the the nurse would be like, oh, we already gave him formula because he was already hungry. So sorry, come back next time. You know, like things like that would happen that mm-hmm. they're just doing what they think is the best thing for your baby. And you're feeling very discouraged because you're getting the just the rug pulled out from underneath you. Yeah. And they're busy and they're yeah. over they are overwhelmed with like, you know, babies and all the things that come with working in that environment. Yeah. And so they're just like, okay, let's just get through this. It's just the same as like giving birth. It's like we have a protocol. We're going to keep going. We got to keep it going. Come on. Keep it you know, keep it coming. Don't you know, we can't we don't we don't have the ability to handle kind of any thing outside of what we do on a daily basis. And those babies, I mean, they seem so fragile, you know, to us. And those, the nurses and stuff, they're so used to dealing with that. And I remember when I worked in the hospital, you know, I would like take the babies and swaddle them and do this and that with them. And sometimes parents would look at me and I was like, I know it looks like I'm manhandling your baby, but I'm very comfortable with this. This is something I do every single day with, you know, with babies and I'm very comfortable handling them because, you know, with newborn parents, they're like, oh my gosh, the baby's going to break, you know, like it's yeah. just, sometimes you're so uncomfortable. I mean, and that was just like me as a lactation specialist being like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable handling your baby, but you have nurses that work in special cares or NICUs that they do this all the time with babies that weigh a pound and a half, you know, right. like they know oh, how to yeah. handle them. And the parents are looking at them with these, like, oh my gosh, my baby is so fragile. And they're not like, 
they don't think to take the time to explain to them what, a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much happening and it's just, it's so overwhelming. But when we will take a break and then we come back, we should definitely talk about how to make the most of that situation though, for sure. Yes. How we get through it. Yes. How we get through it. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a nursing bra specialist passionate about breastfeeding and the many benefits it offers for parent and baby and the environment. Breastfeeding, while natural, doesn't always come naturally to everyone. That's why they have made it their mission to empower breastfeeders as they mindfully navigate the world of parenthood and help make breastfeeding easier through experience-driven innovation. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras, which includes seamless, sleep, flexible wired, non-wired, sports, padded, plunge, t-shirt, and fuller busted bras in sizes ranging from 30A to 42K. With 13 years of experience under their belts, Cake Maternity is renowned for their quality, fit, and support. Cake has you covered for your maternity and nursing bra needs. Head to Cake Maternity. That's like birthday cake. CakeMaternity.com and use code BADASS15 for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you tired of defrosting breast milk from your storage bags only to find that it's too much or too little milk? What if you could defrost the exact amount of milk that you need every time? The Milky's milk trays look like regular ice cube trays, but have 16 semi-cylinder cavities, cavities that each hold one ounce of milk. When it's time to feed your baby or prepare bottles for the day, just pop however many breast milk sticks you need into any type or brand of bottle. Nothing wasted. No extra breast milk left over tempting your caregiver to overfeed your baby and blow through your precious stash. Once the sticks are frozen, just transfer them to a freezer bag, freeing up the milk trays for your next, next batch of breast milk. And they come with lids so they can stack, so you can stack them, which will free up space in your freezer. They are reusable, environmentally friendly, made with food-safe plastic, and can be used for baby food later on. No BPA, phthalates, phthalates or dyes. Check out the Milky's Milk Trays at FairhavenHealth.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And our sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Our show notes also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So, so let's talk about how to get around this, or at least not around it, but through it. Through how it, do we yes. Get all the way to the other side where Ugh. we can breastfeed. So one of the things I definitely want to make sure we mention here. So when I do think, you know, when I do like breastfeeding classes and stuff like that, talk about how great and how important skin to skin is with these new babies, not just for the birth parent, but for the partner. It's just really, really important to have that skin to skin time. But then I'll always have a parent that says, what if we can't skin to skin right away? Is everything ruined? Absolutely not. Whenever you can. Whenever you can do that skin to skin, it's okay. It's not just like, oh, you didn't do it the first hour. Now you can never do it again. Like it's not, it's not like that. No. Whenever you can do it is great. As much as you can is great. If you can, if there's a situation where you're in the NICU and babies do have a lot of 
cords or IVs and things like that. And it makes it really difficult to do that skin to skin. Maybe even ask, you know, ask the one of the nurses, is there a time where I can even just spend an hour holding my baby? Can you help me make that happen? And I mean, you might have to sit in a chair and not moving at all for that whole duration of time while the baby just lays on you. But it's so important. It is so important to get that if you can. And if they say, you know, no, we can't do that. It's not possible. Then what the baby will get healthier and better and you will be able to do it. It doesn't matter if they're three weeks old, a month old, a day old. It doesn't matter. Whenever you can do that skin to skin time is good. So don't ever feel like because you couldn't have it right after delivery, you don't get it at all because you can. Um, pumping. So if you are separated from your baby and you're not able to breastfeed at all. So there's two way, two things going on here. So if you can't breastfeed at all, if they have your baby in a, in a situation where you can, physically cannot breastfeed him at all then pumping, you have to obviously pump. And pumping like every three hours, give them whatever milk you're getting so that they can save it for your baby. They're going to you know, put your baby's name on it, save it. They'll, they usually have freezers you know, specifically for this and save it for your baby for when they can start eating. If it's a situation where you are able to nurse your baby, Say it's like a jaundice situation and you've been nursing them, but now they have to go under lights. So now you're going to be separated. You can still nurse them, but during that separation time, you will be missing feeds. So you definitely have to pump for those feeds that you're missing. So it is kind of a balancing act for sure. And it usually does cause a oversupply issue because it really is not, the pump is not triggering to the body what we need it to. You know, it's not the baby. So it's not giving the same message. Hmm. And it is usually we end up with like an oversupply or an undersupply. There's never like a happy balance there. It's usually one or the other. So when you get to the point where you can actually, you know, nurse your baby, sometimes there is problems with them latching because there's a lot going on. And a lot of it depends on why they were in the NICU or separated from you to begin with. Right. And if they were, if it was a baby that, you know, they got separated from you on day two or day three because of jaundice or, you know, something else that came up, but they were breastfeeding all along, then I'm not too terribly concerned. They'll probably be fine to go back to the breast without a problem. If it's a baby that never, you were never able to breastfeed and now it's like, you know, a week or two in, now you're able to start trying. Maybe it's a, a really little baby. Maybe it's, you know, a baby that was really sick, even though they're full term. It might, it might be, you might be starting in those little steps of, okay, let's try one time. Okay, let's try maybe two times the next time. But even just getting a little bit of that interaction is very, very therapeutic and helpful for both of you. So definitely as much as you can do is very, very good. And then it kind of works into a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. One of the things we also see with babies that are like, if they're preemie, depending on how preemie they are, you might have to do some supplementing for a while. And there is a lot of debate about that. And I've, I've seen a lot of debate between like, between like providers and doctors as part of like these different groups that I'm in, we'll talk about like, well, how long do these babies need to be supplemented for? And, you know, some 
some doctors feel that those babies should be supplemented for long periods of time because they were early and didn't get all the nutrients in utero that they needed to get. And then you have some that are like, well, once the babies are bigger and gain a specific amount of weight, why should they need to have that supplement anymore? You know, so there's really, there's a little bit of frustration there too. So definitely have lots of conversations with your pediatrician about this and with your provider and ask the questions. Yeah. And I feel like this is where the whole, we don't understand breast milk thing comes in because the best thing for these babies would be breast milk. No? Oh, yes. And your body, I mean, it is really amazing because your your body, if you have a preemie baby, your body is making milk that is specific for a baby that's a preemie because babies that are preemies have different needs. Obviously, we know that. Babies that are preemies have different different and very, very incredible needs because and of their growth. your body knows that it didn't mm-hmm. hold the baby long enough. Right. right. Your, but your body knows that the baby came early and that yeah. it needs to make specific milk for your baby. Absolutely. And that's what it does. And then, but then a lot of times, most of the time, babies don't get that milk. And that is the best <laughs> milk for them. It really is. Right. Like, and they've done research to show that, that babies that are early or even babies that are in the NICU overall, if they are getting breast milk, they are discharged faster. They are healthier. Yeah. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of illnesses that babies can catch in the NICU because they are so vulnerable and susceptible. And if you put formula in those, those, you know, very, very immature gut, that can cause a lot of problems. And that is why there are a lot of hospitals now and a lot of NICUs now that have implemented human milk programs. Yeah. Because of this, because they found that babies, that are only being offered formula that early and fragile do not do well. So they, they've have these, you know, human milk programs where if you can't supply that human milk, they will supply it for you. So it, and I've actually had people that decided to breastfeed just because of that, that there were Nikki's. I remember one woman specifically where she wasn't planning to nurse her baby and they said, Oh, we have a human milk program. And she said, well, forget it. Then I'll give my own milk instead of you giving a stranger's milk. Yeah. So, you know, that like kind of tipped the scales for her. But that's why they have those programs because it's those babies need human milk. They do. They just need they need human milk to thrive. But then they want to usually fortify that milk with something else. Um, I did have a mom recently who had a preemie baby and she was a nurse and it was her second baby, no nurse practitioner, I think. And it's her second baby. So she was, you know, new, very medically minded, obviously, and, you know, nursed her first baby for a long time. So obviously very um, on, on cue with all that stuff. And she really had to, had to really, really advocate for her baby because the baby did not do well on the fortifier at all that they were fortifying because they fortify it with, you know, with formula, with, mm. um, in many cases, they'll fortify with formula, the breast milk, and the baby just didn't do well on that. And she really had to fight with them. And she's like, this is, it's exhausting. And I'm like, I, I know it's exhausting, but thank God he had you to do that. You know, like it was, you really, it's okay to ask, it's okay to ask things like, how long do we need to do this for? You know, because I've had babies that were like, now they were full term. 
they were discharged. Maybe they were born four, five, six weeks early. Now they're discharged. They're full term. They're gaining well. They're the size of a full term baby. And the mom is still having to supplement with a formula. And I'm like, well, why do we need to do that? Because now... That's something that hospitals really struggle with is like giving your direction on what to do when you get home. Mm -hmm. They're just like, you're done here. Okay, everything's good. You can go. You're discharged. And they don't like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? (laughs) How long am I supposed to do this? Exactly. And the communication between, and I know this personally, maybe it's different other places, but in the office I work in, you know, I'm in a Pete's office, the communication between the hospitals and the pediatrician offices is not good. Like yeah, we get no communication, right? We get the basic, like the records, but we don't have a lot of info. Sometimes when we have a Nick, like if we have a baby in the NICU that was born like several weeks early, we'll call them and they'll be like, I'll be, you know, cause I'll be like, I'll send a message to our triage nurse and be like, okay, this is a ba- one of our babies in the NICU. We don't have any information on this baby. And it'll be like days after their birth, days and days and days. I'm like, we don't have any information on this baby. So they'll call the hospital and the hospital will be like, we give all our updates once a week. We'll, we'll email you on a Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, so then, and I always feel like, do I a call week the is parent? Kind of a big like, deal for a Nikki baby. <laughs> I know. I, we just want to know what's going on, but they don't give that. Like, it's just, they just, they're too busy or what, you know, and shorthanded and they just don't. So we don't get, we don't, we don't get a lot of information. And I usually tell parents that, like, because they'll come in and I'll be like, all right, so I, we, we don't have much information, but I'll tell you what we do have and, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about it, but it, it can be really frustrating. And they come in and they don't, the poor parents don't, they just kind of like, they're so shocked and so traumatized yeah. and sleep deprived that they don't even know what questions to ask when they're in the NICU. You know, like it's, it's so difficult. No, am, and then um, you ask, like, I have deck doctors ask me things and I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. well, what did this other doctor say? Or what happened in there? I'm like, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't really, know. Yeah, because I'll be like, well, how long did they say to give this fortifier for? And they'll be like, yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah, because they didn't th- say. And I'm like, oh, well, let's t- well, that we don't. This is you can't be giving it forever. Like, it, there's no it's right. not. I, I can't imagine something that we need to do forever. Depending on the, like, if there's a reason, then tell me what tell us what the reason is so that we know. But right. don't just say, OK, keep doing this and like send them on their way. Yeah. I had a mom that the baby was a few weeks early and she came into the peds office and it was also her second baby. And I worked with her with her first. So we, we had a you know relationship. We knew each other and we were, you know, just kind of talking and everything was going okay. And they were kind of getting settled in and everything. And he was, he was nursing well. And then she says to me, she goes, how long do I have to keep him um, wrapped in three layers? And I'm like, <laughs> What, what what do you mean? She goes, well, in the hospital, they told me to keep him in three layers all the time because because when he was in the NICU, he had a hard time keeping his temperature up. Mm. So they told her, put him in three layers all the time. So now she's home with this baby in their normal house. And he was well enough to be discharged, which tells me that he's holding his body temperature. Right. And she's her house is a regular temperature. Cause I'm like, well, what do you have your house at? She's like, oh, you know, like 68, 69, whatever it was. I was like, no, I think you're pretty good to not do that anymore. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, really? Cause that's, you know, I'll just, and I go, yeah, I don't think you need to keep them in three layers all the time. But that's what they told him to do. There, there's no, yeah, there's no follow up. It's just like, do this and then that's the end. 
And I mean, and I, I passed it by our pediatrician. I don't want anybody to think I'm just with like willy nilly out there giving random information. But I said something to her pediatrician. He was like, no, is her house warm? No, she doesn't have to keep them in three layers. Like it just, they don't, they just kind of say, this is, you know, yeah, this is what you, you do. What, and you yeah. just kind of. So, so you need to do skin to skin. What else do you need to do? So the pumping, you definitely need to, you know, need to pump to keep your supply where it is you need to remember that these little things are very, very important. It might feel like you're not doing anything for your baby, mm-hmm. but you are. That is very important. Sometimes the only thing you can do in the beginning is give your milk. And that is the best thing that you can do for your baby. And it might seem like not much at all. It might be like, oh, this is I, I'm I'm helpless because it's I it's got to be a very helpless oh, yeah. feeling. Yeah. But that is an amazing thing that no one else can do that you can do. So that is very very important. And working with somebody afterwards, like there's always you know the lactation consultants and the the NICUs usually have lactation consultants. Special care nurseries have lactation consultants, um, or they'll bring them in. You know, like from the floor bring them in to see you. But once you get discharged, you're kind of like, all right, you're pumping, you're sometimes latching, maybe not latching, maybe you have a nipple shield, you know, maybe there's other things going on there. Definitely work with a lactation consultant after you get discharged. That will be the person that bridges the gap between the hospital and your home. Yes. And there is a lot of trauma there for parents. There's a lot of trauma there. So there's a lot of, you need a lot more support. And there's been like, I had a, a mom that was a NICU that worked in the NICU and then had a NICU baby. And I remember she said oh, to me, God, she goes, yeah, she was like, we we do not do well for our parents. Not like we should. She's like, I've, I realize that now that I've been through it myself, that it is not enough. Our parents don't have enough support. And definitely working with a lactation consultant is going to be key for sure. And just getting support, finding, you know, making sure that you have the support you need and ask questions. Be your baby's advocate. You have to be. It's really important. Well, thank you, Diane. Well, I hope that was helpful. <laughs> um, but we probably didn't even touch the surface, but try probably. to, you know, yeah, try to take what you can from it. So, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.